It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. We're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Mike Sando of The Athletic, formerly of ESPN, is on the show today to talk about Aaron Rodgers, to talk about Packers 49ers. And I thought it was a good time to have him on because there has been a lot of discussion this year about Aaron Rodgers. And he does the quarterback tier piece every year uh, with input from personnel people, coaches, etc. And I wanted to check in with him a little bit. There's been a lot of talk about the decline of Rodgers, and I wanted to know what people around the league were seeing, especially after what happened on Sunday. So I think his insight is going to be useful as we tease forward to the NFC Championship game. Did I mention the Packers are playing in the NFC Championship game? Did I mention they are conference finalists? Did I mention that they're one of the two best teams in the NFC? According to the system set forth by the league in which they play. All right. <laughs> I was going through the matchups, and as I was hearing, I was actually listening to a podcast, and they were talking about really all the ways that Green Bay was was just so much worse, and the matchup, and what a nightmare, and the 49ers are this unstoppable force, and et cetera, et cetera. And I started to think about it, and I was like, you know, it is the case that the 49ers have very few weaknesses. It is the case that they do pretty much everything important well, and they have good players at just about every position. They have passable NFL players everywhere. There's no glaring weakness. There is no Byron Bell. There is no Ahmad Carroll, if we're going to throw back a little bit. There, There isn't that even Geronimo Allison. God bless him. He's been a black hole this year. And so I wanted to do this a little bit like the Solid Verbal podcast. Our friends over there talk about the best thing on the field. What's the best thing on the field? And if you're having trouble you know, trying to d- determine who to pick in a game, what's the best thing on the field? Who has the best thing on the field? Well, clearly the best thing on the field is the 49ers passing defense. 
and they've been an elite unit all year. Uh, this defense at one point was historic. But the second best thing on the field might be Green Bay's offensive line, their ability to pass protect. Number one in pass rush win rate. They ha- have slightly worse pressure numbers, but part of that is because Rodgers holds the ball. And interestingly, the Packers' pressure rate, their pass rush, is better than San Francisco's. So if we're going to stack things on the what's the best thing on the field tier list, Green Bay's pass rush should actually be ahead of the 49ers. Green Bay third in pressure rate. The 49ers are 13th. And Preston and Zadarius Smith are each individually in the top 10 of pass rush win rate. The 49ers do not have a player in the top 10. David Bakhtiari is the best offensive lineman on the field for either team. Elton Jenkins was eighth in pass rush win rate for guards. Corey Lindsay was number one for centers. So the best interior offensive linemen each reside on the Packers. Zadarius Smith led the league in pressures, in pressure rate, in sacks created. He's the best edge rusher on the field. Two of the three most important positions on the field. Edge rush, offensive tackle, Green Bay has the best player. Quarterback, we could have arguments about this. In a playoff game, it's hard to argue for whatever has happened this season that Jimmy Garoppolo is ahead of Aaron Rodgers, but maybe with Kyle Shanahan, maybe at home, you can make the case. So let's just say that's a wash. So that's just, we'll say no advantage there. I'm not sure I believe that, but let's just say that. The three most important positions on a football team after that are pass rush, Offensive tackle, cornerback. Green Bay owns two of those three. Richard Sherman's the best cornerback on the field. And then after that, it's receiver. The best receiver on the field is Devontae Adams. So when you look at individual players, I think you could make the case the best individual player on the football field on Sunday is going to be Zadarius Smith. I think you can make a case for George Kittle because of what he does blocking and receiving. But the other guys in that mix, it's probably Zadarius Smith and David Bakhtiari and then Richard Sherman and and George Kittle. So it's not like Green Bay has this big talent disadvantage in this game. The best running back on the field is Aaron Jones. You can say DeForest Buckner is the best interior defensive lineman, but I would say Kenny Clark, it's at least a wash. At linebacker, Man, the 49ers probably have three. They probably have their three linebackers are better than anything Green Bay has. At safety, I, I think that's that's pretty close too. There is no clear advantage there. Jimmy Ward has been very good this year, but Jaquaski Tart is is just an okay player. As a group, I think Green Bay safeties are every bit as good, if not better, than what San Francisco has. So while I agree that it's true, the 49ers are a more complete team. And the things that they do well, the facets of the game that they do well, they they tend to do better. At least their defense as a whole is better. Their passing defense in particular is the best is the best thing on the field. Green Bay's rushing attack, right there, fourth in DVOA, surprisingly well ahead of the 49ers, who are 13th. They're just an above average run team. And the difference in the passing defense is not as big as you would think. The 49ers are second, the Packers are 10th. Versus the pass. Overall, offensive DVOA, they're pretty much even. There is no big gap. So it's the defense that creates that gap. And Green Bay has more offensive talent. 
despite the fact that their cohesion offensively has not been there all season. So if we're going to create a pathway and say this is how Green Bay can win, we've done this all week, you look at it and you say, okay, Green Bay has better players at key positions. And if we go down all of the positions, it looks like they have more of the players at key positions than the 49ers do. More of the elite players. They have the advantage there. I think David Bakhtiari has the advantage in his matchup with whoever is across from him. Zadarius Smith has the matchup advantage whoever is across from him. Corey Lindsley did not play well at all in the first 49ers game, but he's been the best best pass-blocking center in the league this year. If all of this talent plays like it's capable of playing, plays like it did on Sunday, the talent is there. Despite the fact that we've been wondering about identity all season, there has been places where they've executed. There are places where you can point and say, this is a really good player who can change a game, who can control his area. Is it still going to be tough? Is it is it going to require them to play at a super high level? Of course it is. This is the NFC Championship game. But the more I looked at it, the more I saw individual talent that if molded together, and this is a coaching question, this is how much faith do you have in Matt LaFleur to maximize his players versus Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala to maximize their, obviously throw in Mike Pettin in this mix. And I think you probably feel better about the 49ers coaching staff But if Green Bay has all of this talent, I'm not saying they have more necessarily, but they have big-time talent at important positions, then that talent, you would expect good coaches to be able to maximize that talent to see you through. Can you believe it's conference championship week? Time's up for two of the teams playing this weekend, but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with a DraftKings lineup in the game. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code Locked On. And for a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. New users, be sure to enter promo code Locked On during sign-up, and you'll also get a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. That's code Locked On, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats. You can pick from main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. 
And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, let's get to our conversation with Mike Sando. He is a longtime NFL writer, one of the best in the business. And when he writes something, it is worth reading because he always brings the knowledge. You can follow him on Twitter at Sando NFL. Find his writing at The Athletic. Mike, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Good to be here. So I wanted to start with not something game-specific, but Aaron Rodgers has had a lot of conversation centered around his play this season, and really every season, but this season in particular because he hasn't played at the level we're used to seeing. When we go back to the summer before the season, you do this this great piece every year about quarterback tiers, and Rodgers was once again at the top of that list. Uh, have you had any conversations with some of the people you've talked to uh, since then about his level of play? I, I, I quote often, you had a follow-up piece a couple weeks later, I think after the Raiders game, that was, you know, the guys who think that he's fallen off don't have to play him. And that's just, that's, that is always sticking in my mind. Yeah, you know, I think that, uh, so Rogers in my quarterback tiers, um, you know, survey, which I've been doing for whatever, six years, um, was number one this year. I felt like it was a there, you know, it was a little bit less of an emphatic number one. You know, mm-hmm. Even though he was everyone, everyone gave him a one. There were still some concerns because of just the way things went down at the end of McCarthy. Obviously, you know, he's had some injuries here and there. Um, it, did, it hasn't looked as easy, right? So, mm-hmm. but people still, um, you know, regarded him as you know not being among the top. 5,000 issues that the Packers might have needed to address, right? <laughs> um, so he's very highly regarded. Now this year, um, I think some of that, there's been just a feeling of, among everybody watching the Packers that, yeah, they're winning, but it's like, it's just the good times aren't rolling like they used to. Right. You know what I mean? It's, you know, oh, the Raider game was sort of felt like, we feel like that's how it was every week back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. And the day is really probably the 2011 season was maybe as good as it's gotten. I mean, that was probably as great as it can be. Yeah. But there were still some really good seasons after that that were better than this season or last season or the season before offensively. We would all agree with that, right? Sure. Um. Nobody thinks that Aaron Rodgers is dragging down or limiting the offense in any way, at least that I'm talking to. And I haven't done my full survey, but I have a handful. I have a cabinet, right, of people that I (laughs) discuss things with, and they watch the film, and they play him. And um, the Detroit game was not good for him, right? I mean, there were more off-target throws in that game um, than normal. But if you really study Rodgers, you really notice, that the biggest difference is in who he's throwing the ball to. Mm-hmm. And so if you really watch the plays, you see things like the wide receiver running up the left side of the field. Um, Rogers lets the ball go. Receiver doesn't really think it's coming in. So for about three steps, he goes at about three-quarter speed. Mm-hmm. He realizes the ball's coming, and then he hauls butt, <laughs> and it just is outside of his reach and if you're not really paying attention on the coach's film 
and you're watching on TV like, God, Rogers just missed him. Yeah. You know, you're watching Jimmy Graham running up the right sideline and his head's turned over his shoulder for like 35 straight yards while the ball's in the air. Right. Well, usually you'd be like running to the spot. You know, you, you might look, but you're not, your head's not going back the whole way, right? <laughs> or if you're Jimmy Graham in the end zone, you put both hands up for the ball, don't you? <laughs> you'd think. That'd be a good idea. Um, so I think in the day when they went, when let's just say Mike McCarthy's offensive scheming was at its best, mm-hmm. when which people forget receiver, is a thing that way, this was a well schemed, well called offense oh, at one point with Mike absolutely. McCarthy. It really was. Um, you had not number one Julio Jones type receivers, but you had real pro receivers like three deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb whoever, um, Jennings, Jennings, Driver, yeah. whoever those guys, those guys, none of those guys are like major matchup considerations where Daryl Revis, you know, has to be on them the whole game, mm-hmm. but they're all really higher end probably with great rapports and trust. You had a real tight end. I mean, I'm sorry. They don't, you know, mm-hmm. um, they don't have a matchup problem tight end. All due respect to Jimmy Graham. He's, sure. he's been an excellent rece- receiving tight end for a long time. Um, that game the other day was about as good as it's going to get. You know, he's not just absolutely a matchup problem. So then I think this year you have this offense where, um, you know, everyone's finding their way with a bunch of young receivers, and it's a little bit of a valet switch on the quarterback to me. I mean, this is usually the offense you run when you're trying to make Kirk Cousins look better than he is. (laughs) It's usually, or you're trying to get a couple more years out of John Elway. Um, and less the one where you're like, Hey, we've got this guy who's unbelievable. Let's just take it to the next level. Right. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers has done quite a good job after the first couple games of playing within it. I mean, he's just doing his role. Mm -hmm. And I think it feels like we've seen less. We've definitely seen less scrambling. That's sort of been a thing the last couple of years. I think that's one element that's a little different, but guess what? In the playoff game, just like if you read my preview before the game, where I talked to guys who watched the film, they said, "Don't be surprised if the if Rogers scrambling becomes a thing because it's playoffs." And what did he do? He ran for 14 yards on second and eight. It was a big part of the game. Yeah. So I personally think they're probably going to get smoked by the 49ers. I mean, I, I just think the matchup's hard. <laughs> yeah. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's going to be because of Rogers. That's a really long answer, but there's a lot of stuff in there. No, you know? there is. It's uh you could write a book, I think, just on on one season of any quarterback's play. Honestly, there's there's so much to get into. I want to talk about that 49ers team because I was I was just listening to Mina Kimes and Chris Sprow on on her podcast talk about this matchup and they made it seem like the Packers had no chance. And I get that. This is a this is an extremely well-balanced 49ers team. They have very few holes and even the holes they do have they, they do a great job of mitigating because Kyle Shanahan is such a great offensive play caller. You know, they're, they're not as talented in the secondary as those prime Legion of Boom teams, but their front is better. And, and so it's hard to, to go through a game plan and say this is where you can beat them. The crazy thing is the coaching staff was the same last year. And a lot of the personnel was the same. It seems like just adding Nick Bosa and a, and a little bit here and there, Debo Samuel's development, and all of a sudden this is 
a middling team that goes to an elite team? What have you seen in terms of the development over the last six, eight, 12 months? Well, I think the biggest thing that no one's talking about is that Jimmy Garoppolo, their starting quarterback, didn't play last year. Mm-hmm. He played three games. So do we think that is possibly a factor in the team being better during the season? I do. You know, yeah. um, That's the guy they got to run the offense. And he played six games with five starts in 2017. He played three games with three starts in uh, 2018. And he played 16 games with 16 starts this year. To me... Don't we have to start there that you actually had your starting quarterback playing in the games? Um, so that would be number one. And then Nick Bosa is a huge addition on the other side. Uh, also, they rounded out the staff defensively, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they added some veteran guys. Chris Kosurik, heck, I actually covered him when he was a player with the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Was he a Packer guy at one point, too, or Detroit? I can't remember where he was. But um, he's a fire-breathing coach who gets, I think, a lot out of his defensive lineman. Remember, he was with Detroit when Sue played his best ball, when they had sort of a nasty defensive line there, because Zurich was coaching them. They had Joe Woods. Well, Joe Woods, a veteran DB coach. He's been around a long time. Um, I think those elements have helped Salah, right, who was not seen as a head coaching candidate a year ago, if I recall. No. Or a year before that. No one was talking about him. So I'm sure he's better. He's grown into it. He's got better personnel. But I think they helped him with the staff. So um, they were probably as bad as they could have looked last year, and they maybe are as good as they could look this year, if that makes sense. It does. Uh, One thing that that I think uh, you, you look at, their ability to adapt. And we saw last week the Vikings did a pretty good job defensively. Daniel Hunter is getting in the backfield. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, turns the ball over, basically gets baited by Eric Kendricks. And Kyle Shanahan said, all right, Jimmy, you're not going to hurt us. We're just going to run the ball. And they ran it at a rate that really we haven't seen in the modern NFL. This run game with, with George Kittle now back, it seems like they can, they can play however they want to play with the lead. My, my one question would be, and we saw it against the Saints to a certain degree, is let's say the Packers start out and it's ten nothing. What do they do then? Because it seems like Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to doesn't want to just hand the ball to Jimmy Garoppolo and say go win us a football game. It seems to me if you're going to build a, a pathway to Green Bay winning, it starts with them jump, jumping out to an early lead. Well, no doubt, but that's true for everybody, sure. right? Yeah, the key to the game is <laughs> well, unless you're the Seahawks this season, them. then it's just then it the yeah. behind it half and let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson. Yeah, you know, I think that I, I agree that I would much rather have them be one-dimensional than not be, but I think that's true for everybody. It's probably yeah. exacerbated a little bit by a team that, you know, wants to be the play-action thing. And I just think Garoppolo, though, has a little bit more flavor to him than, like, a Cousins does or some of the other teams. Now, he will put the ball in harm's way. They're going to have one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half chances in the game, Green Bay, to get their hands on the football and pick it off. That's just the way it is when you play Garoppolo. But he's probably also going to have a high average yards per catch. You know what I mean? Yep. And so here's an example. So Jimmy Garoppolo, here's Jimmy Garoppolo's record over the last three years when the other team scores 25 or more points, okay? Mm-hmm. That's a 21% win in the NFL over the last three years, okay? Uh-huh. He, 
Garoppolo's six and three. He's got twenty-one touchdowns, seven interceptions, one hundred and four point eight rating. It's pretty good. I think the perception of him is that you get him behind and know it's going to be tough. I think he can sling a little bit, um, but like any quarterback, if you're under siege and under pressure, you know, not any quarterback, because if Russell Wilson is, he's going to stare you down and eviscerate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, obviously, if he's under pressure and all that, and he's getting hit and knocked around, I mean, I think all that falls by the wayside. Um, but I think that's true for 95% of quarterbacks. So if they're doing that, they're going to, Green Bay's hitting them and all that. If Green Bay's got a lead and is hitting them, yeah, they're going to win the game. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with Wise, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try Wise for free at wise.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. Yeah, it is. It is one of those things that this is where we are with the Packers. That the the difference in talent, I, I think, is big enough where your your game plan is. Yes, they have to be leading. They have, you know, obviously to your point, you you want to have a lead. It's better to have a lead than to not have a lead. But that's sort of the pathway that you have to build because there aren't obvious matchups to point to and say this is where Green Bay has a big advantage. Green Bay's pass rush is the strength of the defense. Well. The 49ers have just as good a pass rush, if not better. And so that makes it that makes it difficult to build a pathway to Green Bay yeah. winning. And I think that's why the perception is um, the 49ers are, are going to roll in this game. It's why the line is seven and a half. So if, if there is a pivotal matchup here, whether you think it's the reason the 49ers are going to win or a way that Green Bay could, if they won this particular matchup, could stay in the game, what is it? Well... The easiest thing to say is just that they're often, you know, Balaga and, and their tackles have good games and they're able to protect a little bit. Because you know? mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, the 49ers secondary is fine, but I don't think it's great. And right. uh, the way you protect that is by having this great front. Uh, when their front guys were hurt or, you know, mitigated earlier at points in the year, you know, people had some success on them. I'd have to go back to maybe they lost at home to Atlanta one game, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you would say, you know, Atlanta's a well-quarterbacked team. Now, with I think, you know, they got Julio Jones. That helps. But um, you, you know what I mean. I, I, I think you look at the game that happened during the regular season. I mean, Rodgers seemed under siege immediately and didn't have a chance. So right. they have to have some sort of an answer to that. Um, and, you know, my fear for Green Bay is that they're going to sort of just sort of play the way San Francisco wants to play, which is come out, run the ball some, stay in the framework, stay patient, um, you know, try to hit a play action every once in a while. 
and it almost feels to me like you got to be able to step on the gas a little more, right? And mm-hmm. and you want to you want to come in there and say, hey, you know what? We got Aaron Rodgers here. Your quarterback's nice, but our guy, our guy's kind of been in the garage a little bit this year. You know, we've been <laughs> we've been sort of saving, and we haven't really blown out the exhaust pipes yet. You know what I mean? We haven't really hammered it. And you know what? Now we're in the in the playoffs. Uh, we got another gear here, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna. We're gonna hammer it coming out of the gates here, and it's ten nothing. That's kind of what I've been wanting to see from them. Yeah, and we did see it on Sunday. That that, that is the closest. That's the closest we've we've had this year. They took the tarp off Rodgers, and they said we're gonna find ways to get Devontae Adams the ball, and they did it. I don't know if they're gonna be able to do it against San Francisco, but I that's agree. the game plan, yeah. right? I mean, this is the best first quarter offense, best early script offense in football, and they weren't in that first game. If they can do that, I mean, that's that's the quickest pathway to them staying at least in this game. I know. I, I sort of just want to see Roger. You know, I think Roger showed up last week in a bigger way, but it still wasn't. I mean, it was I was for some reason, I was like wanting a little bit more of that in the second half. But I understand you have the lead. You're just, you know, you're getting to the end. I, I kind of think it would be fun to see mm-hmm. a little bit of the Aaron Rodgers who on draft day when they asked him if he was dis- how disappointed he was to not be picked up by the 49ers since he was a mm-hmm. California kid he said not as disappointed as the 49ers are going to be <laughs> and there's a there's a terrific <laughs> arrogance to Aaron Rodgers yeah like in his mannerisms and how he plays and he has this all-knowing look out there like He's just directing the show. Like it's, yeah. everyone's out there in his production, and that includes game officials. That includes uh, Matt Lafleur. That includes um, the other defensive lineman when he gives yeah. him that little wink. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's I, just it's like delicious to me. And <laughs> but you got to back it up with yeah. You know you can't be just getting overwhelmed like they were the last time. That's one of the most disappointing games you know, you could ever have. Um, One of the worst of Aaron Rodgers' career. It was horrific. And, you know, if you're a Packer fan, you're, like, afraid that's going to happen again. Probably for good reason. You're on the road. Those guys are playing great. But I'm just, like, expecting a little more from Green Bay. You know? I think a lot of Packer fans are. It, it would certainly make it entertaining if we got if we got some sort of classic with with Aaron Rodgers. Even if the Packers lose, if they go down swinging with Rodgers and he throws for three hundred yards and three touchdowns and and we and it's a back and forth kind of game. If we get you know the Packers Niners version of that Saints game in New Orleans, I think everyone would be on board with that, right? I don't think anyone would uh, say no to that. <laughs> I don't see it though. I just don't see that. That's the type of offense that. Um, that Green Bay has, and I feel like Shanahan is next level in the scheming and finding the matchups. And Unbelievable. I think that Lafleur is, you know, in his thirtieth game of doing this. You know what I mean? I mean, he's yeah. probably not there yet. And is Shanahan the year, guy you hear from other other coaches and players and front office people about the most? Because it seems to me yeah. right now he's got the mantle as the guy in terms of scheming and calling offense. Yeah, that he's the standard of it. And I think we even saw that a couple of years ago when they had backup quarterbacks in there that would occasionally have a 300 or 400-yard game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so 
yes, I think he is that, and that's a really high standard. And look, when he was in Atlanta, the second year in Atlanta, um, Matt Ryan was putting up numbers like he was Peyton Manning, right? I mean, mm-hmm. well, Matt Ryan has been a good quarterback, but he's never done that. Um, so, yes, I think he's that, and I feel like Green Bay doesn't just have the uh, weapons to do that on its own, right? They sort yeah. of need that. And so, like, my hope for Green Bay would be that Lafleur can grow into that overnight for this week, but longer term, it's really that just Lafleur keeps growing that way, and they just upgrade some of the weaponry. I mean, they did a great job of getting those pass rushers. They had to do it. It was great. But, like, Gutenkus to, like, if he doesn't win executive year, like, maybe he gets it next year because they get Rodgers a kittle. Right. If you put Rodgers, if you put Rodgers on San Francisco, I mean, do you think they'd be good? I think they'd be okay. I think they'd have a chance, but they have a chance anyway, unfortunately, for Packer fans. Uh, it's going to be an uphill battle, no question about it. Uh, Mike, I appreciate you joining the show. Let my listeners, if they don't already know, uh, let them know where they can find the work that you do. Well, all of them and all their family members need to go to theathletic.com or get the app and then yes. search for me, Mike Sando, and then go on to My Stories Only and subscribe because I get full credit <laughs> for that and I'll be a superstar in the company. They'll say, wow, Sando's getting a lot of people to subscribe to The Athletic, which is a great value, by the way. The Athletic's amazing. And, it is amazing. Um, and you yeah, don't uh, just get Mike's work if you subscribe. There's a lot of great work, and I think the Packers beat on The Athletic is as good as any NFL team beats. So we got this guy. We got this guy named Bob McGinn. I don't know if any Packer fans have ever heard of him, but he works for us. And he's he's been in the press box a couple times watching the Packers over the years. I think he has a decent feel for him. So that's a guy. And then uh, <laughs> He's seen Sando a Packers NFL team or two. He's seen a Packers team or two. You know, he may have an, a take or two. You know, you might just check him out if you're a Packer fan. Um, and you can do that after subscribing to The Athletic. And then Sando NFL on Twitter. Um, appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Mike. This has been great. Okay. We'll see you. All right. I want to thank Mike again for joining the show. Awesome insight there. And I thought it was fascinating. He mentioned that you do not hear from people around the league that Rodgers is dragging that offense down, although that is a sentiment that you might read on Twitter. It's something you might hear someone say on those talking head shows. I think Mike feels the way a lot of Packer fans feel, and that is one offseason, and all of a sudden this offense could be right back on track. It could be late career Breeze. It, you know, it could be that kind of thing, late career Peyton Manning even in Denver when he had those weapons. Aaron Rodgers still has the talent, and we saw it on Sunday. Do they have enough to win this week? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I made my my initial projection on Wednesday that the Packers lose and, and still cover. I did point out on Twitter because I took some heat for that. I did point out on Twitter that I believe, I believe the Packers are 3-0 when I predict a loss. So maybe, maybe that continues and the Packers get to the Super Bowl. We will see. Live show is tomorrow, 4 Central, 5 Eastern time on Periscope. The best way to make sure you catch that show is to follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the replay. I've had some people complain, hey, I'm I'm never going to be able to watch that live. Okay, watch it on replay. It's there. Go to my page, subscribe to my page there, and you can find the show there. Uh, But I I would also like for you to listen to the podcast, as would my advertisers. (laughs) You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. 
You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. I guess I do the ad reads on the Periscope too, so my, my advertisers probably don't care. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.